And now the podcast about a group of friends who had never seen Arrested Development and the one podcaster who had no choice but to get them all together. This is Frozen Bananas and Ketchup. Anyang and welcome back to Frozen Bananas and Ketchup. I am your host, John, and joining me as always are my rather esteemed co-hosts, Gio, Charlie, and Peter. Gentlemen, welcome back. Hello. Hello. Salutations. All right. All right. And joining us is our returning champion from last week, Nick Hampshire. Nick, welcome back. I thank you. I thank you. It's uh, been it's been a rough week. It's been a rough week. It's been it has been quite the week. A lot has transpired. But we're still on this earth, so that's a win. Hand the guard. We're still <laughs> on this earth. Hand the guard. <laughs> All right. So let's jump right on in and discuss the episode "Hand to God." In this episode, Lindsay and Tobias continue to investigate the mysterious pregnancy by Maggie Lizer, while Michael continues to see her. Buster prepares to go off to Iraq, but before doing so, decides to go on a long-delayed rite of passage, swimming in the ocean, and gets his hand bit off by a seal. So that was kind of last episode, but it's still in the description on IMDb, so I read it. Alright, so let's jump right on in and see what everybody thought of this episode. Let's start with our special guest, Nick. Nick, what are your thoughts on this one? I love it, man. It was a great follow-up to the last one. Um, I think probably a touch funnier, even. I just love... Like, uh, kind of what I said last week, I think, was probably more true for this one of just uh, Michael really showing his true colors as a blue. I fucking love it. I love his, like, you know, am I really th- that good of a guy? And, like, just falling for it over and over again. It just shows, like, who he thinks he is versus who he actually is. And who he actually is is a blue through and through. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so, many, <clears throat> so many funny things going on for folks. Buster, you know, dealing with the fallout of his incident. Job on his little side quest to maybe uh, get out from the guilt from his events or cover the uh, evidence. Uh, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. Oh, definitely covering the evidence. I don't think he feels that guilty. Well, I think at the, like, at that one, when, when maybe talk to him, I think at that point he did kind of want yeah, to. Right. Uh, to a degree, yeah. yeah. But his main goal is definitely covering the Of track. course, of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> very good. Very good. Let's jump over to Charlie. Charlie, what were your thoughts on this one? Same. Very much so. Enjoyable. It was seamless from last week's episode. Actually took me by surprise. So, you know, I got a good, you know, holy crap moment out of it. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. Just a hair more than last episode. So, good stuff. Excellent. Excellent. And Geo. What say you? I enjoyed this episode more than the last episode. I thought it was funnier. I literally almost passed out from laughing in one of the in one of the parts. <laughs> All right. Well, I I'm curious what part that was. So I'm excited to to hear. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, we'll talk about it. Oh, we will. On. We will. We will. Well, first I want to hear from Peter. Peter, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I really enjoyed this episode a lot. I think it tied in, like everyone said, really well with the events of last episode, which I thought was really strong. So, yeah, they're just firing at all cylinders at this point. I was a little worried earlier in the season. I thought the episodes were dipping a little low, but these these are definitely some good episodes that we are in right now. So I'm excited. Agreed. It's already been said. It's hitting on all cylinders. They found their groove and they are uh, they're running with it. Like everyone said, very fun episode, and I want to see what people thought. I want to hear what made Geo almost pass out and die. So, Geo, what almost made you die? I didn't like you. Uh, I just I laughed for like two or three minutes straight. And I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> 
you couldn't speak English for a second either. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, yeah, whatever. So the part where I was laughing a lot was like when they see the doctor and everyone's like, how's my son? He's going to be all right. Everyone is relieved. But then the document, what he's, he's going to be literally all right because he lost his left hand. And the movie was like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I started attacking the doctor. <laughs> I started yeah, laughing. I, I was losing breath. I was losing breath. I don't know how I was breathing during the laughter, but I was going crazy. The literal doctor came back again with a vengeance. <laughs> yeah. You're taking this news much better than I would have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Lucille's, uh, yeah, what's her name's delivery of just, you son of a bitch is so good. <laughs> you son of a bitch, I hate this doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's more how I would have taken that information. <laughs> Quality. And yes, uh, so like he said, Buster is going to be all right. It is confirmed that he has lost his left hand. Even though we, we pretty much talked about it at length last episode, it is 100% confirmed here. Ron Howard was not lying in the on the next episode segment in the previous episode. Buster's hand is gone. I liked, uh, speaking of Ron Howard not lying, he, I liked how he segued into talking about Buster losing a hand by saying that their family just got a little smaller. <laughs> just no one, no one left. It was just one of the body parts of the, the members of the family was cut off. So they, the family as a whole got a little smaller. I thought that was a funny joke. I like it. Yeah, even the the narrator can get his his looks in there. And then just even leading up to all the jokes about like Lucio like panicking and she's driving all upset about him losing his hand, and then she runs into a sign knocking off the hand of a little person on the buckle up <laughs> sign while she's trying to get to Buster after he lost his hand was funny. Hands coming off everywhere. Yeah, and Lucille almost gets in an accident and she's like and the guy of course the is short senior, he's like, Up yours, Granny and she's like, You couldn't handle it <laughs> Yeah. And then what's so funny is that she was like wishing that he was like there to kind of get through it. She's like, oh, I wish, I think, I don't, can't remember exactly which step, but she was basically wishing that he was here and then she literally almost runs into him and just curses at him because <laughs> we find out he is test driving an escape because yeah. the Broncos were discontinued because <laughs> they were trying to uh, shed the fugitive on the run thing, which was a, a reference to O.J. Simpson. <laughs> it's like, oh, escape. When the funny thing is like George Sr. being an escaped convict himself. That was funny. This was yet another example of Lucille unknowingly yelling at a family member uh, while driving by. Because previously she yelled at Lindsay when she was dancing in the cage. Oh, that's right. Right. <laughs> There's someone who can use a good mother. You were talking about OJ Simpson, right? Is that what you said? Yeah. Or someone brought that up. And then, and then also uh, Lucille, when she was seeing Buster, was like, "Where's the juice? Give my son the juice!" Like they used to call OJ juice. You know, the juice is loose. So another another callback to him. I think that's charitable calling that a callback to OJ. They, they did call him juice, but I don't. I don't think that was a reference to OJ. Oh, okay. But I think it. It can just tell the state that she's in, because I think in previous episodes, she was notably restricting Buster with his juice and stuff because he was kind of a sugar addict. And now she's just like, give my baby what he wants. She feels very guilty. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was funny when she sees George Michael and she's like, you're going to have to be the baby of the family now, which regardless of 
anything happening to Buster. That wouldn't change who the baby of the family is because Buster wasn't the baby, but she obviously considered him that. And then it was funny when George Michael was like, maybe he's younger than me <laughs> on top of it. It was all funny interaction. And they all forgot about Anyang. Anyang's the baby. I too also forgot about Anyang. I just like how Buster was making jokes about his own missing hands. Oh, Buster was having a ball. <laughs> yeah, as soon as Michael makes his own joke, he loses his fucking mind. <laughs> Get him out of here! Get him out of my fucking room! Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> In that time period, too, I think it showed that the Blues have a weird relationship with Charlie Brown, Charlie Brown characters, and he's like... Oh my god, yes. I was going to bring that up. I mean... The seal didn't bite your Linus off, did it? <laughs> it was just like, oh dear. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're Charlie Browns and Linuses. Good grief. Good grief. <laughs> no, yeah, but, but Buster laughing and having fun, uh, like at his own expense, kind of reminded me of when he was um, on the construction site and they were calling him like candy ass and he thought that was a great time. So, oh, Buster, yeah. he's, he's a bit of a masochist. He just enjoys <laughs> enjoys it. Let's see. Nick, you've been kind of quiet. What's a discussion point you wanted to bring to the table? Man, there's so much to like with this episode. One of the ongoing gags that I think is really funny in this episode is like how inexplicably sharp his hook is. Like it just keeps <laughs> oh, like yeah. cutting people <laughs> for like no reason. Or like impaling people and shit and just causing injuries. It's so funny. When he tries to massage <laughs> massage Oscar. You got it hooked on my tendon. <laughs> you got it hooked on my tendon. <laughs> and how uncomfortable everyone is. Just like uh, yeah. Especially Joe. Uh, yeah. Joe, well, Joe first sees a hand, he's like, oh my god, what happened to your... He's got no hand! And he's like backing up into the wall and stuff. Like he's getting Joe attacked. was terrified. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and George Michael was very uncomfortable with it. And then very uncomfortable. Michael was like trying to get him to go help uh, investigate the Maggie thing again, because that is continuing plot point from last episode he's like resting the hook on him and he's like oh yeah and he's trying to get a wants to get away oh yeah dude my uh, probably my favorite joke in the whole episode is uh him assuring uh michael george michael that everything's totally safe and then the cop comes out yeah. it's like yeah i had my gun ready to go and he's like sorry about that i'm a bud and then like he, ca he casually kind of carries on the conversation he was like Really, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. He was trying to convince George Michael to break into the house, and he's like, it's going to be fine. I don't have any weird feelings about it. And then the guy's like, yeah, my yeah. partner's sitting in there with his gun out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Michael was like, this close to like, having his son be uh, Yeah, and he's like, cl close to there, bud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he like kind of, like I said, he like talks a little about something else, and he's like, really, really sorry about that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I like that Michael was just trying to convince him that he was going to have a good day and like a fun adventure. And it's just like every opportunity was just chaos. Like, M for main lobby, and it's like the morgue. And yeah. George yeah. Michael's just like, this is the worst day ever. Him seeing like the birth of the baby, like everything just sucks for George Michael in this episode. And he's just so uncomfortable the entire time. Dude, even at the top of the episode when like Michael's explaining uh, that he might have a kid brother, he's like, oh, it could be fun having the kid brother. He's like, yeah, definitely. Except she doesn't want anything to do with this. Yeah. And he's like, dang. 
well, are we sure you aren't lying? Or she's not lying? And he's like, wow, that's what I thought. You really are my son. And he's like, good. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's like, oh, good. Like, he's like relieved because it might not have been true. I also like the part where they mentioned that uh, Lucille only prayed like twice in her life. And she was talking to Michael about her praying. And Michael was like, Mom, after all these years, God's not going to take a call from you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is funny, but her prayers were, like, strangely, specifically answered both times. Yeah. Like, take something yeah. from us, God, and yeah. takes his hand. And then she's then she's, like, praying that Buster forgets about all the stuff, and he forgets that his hand is a, a claw, and he tries to massage his newly found... <laughs> discovered dad and then cuts his tent and whatever it's just like old habits are tough to break that's extra powerful and like in that same scene it's like job is like uh goes to michael about the seal that is his fault which sounds like a ridiculous story but actually is what happened and michael's like well that's got more credibility than mom or whatever something like that <laughs> yeah because everyone at first thought he was being crazy saying that the seal had a bow tie because why would this yeah. seal have a bow tie but then job was like oh shit that was my seal yeah. this seal had a bow tie one quote that i liked from this episode a lot is when michael is confronting maggie who we haven't talked too much about maggie but uh he confronts her and he says is this our little bundle of two gay cops baby <laughs> Yeah, so I mean that mentions the fact. So we find out that Maggie was in fact lying about being pregnant the whole time, and even when she showed her belly, it wasn't really. It was just a really good fake belly, because she was supposed to be a surrogate for these police officers that we saw that were, were like we thought at first. Do you think that maybe they're they're like protecting her after like the home burglary or whatever? And he, and again, we saw we mentioned them. They were like at her house when Michael and George Michael were trying to get in. It turns out they were trying to protect their Ray because they thought she was carrying their kid. And it turns out that she wasn't and that she uh, had uh, one of her clients be the surrogate for her. She outsourced the pregnancy. It's funny. <laughs> Hold on. I need to bring up, bring up breasts again. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Michael... <laughs> was talking to the gay couple and Michael was like, I just hope you find out which one of you will breastfeed. And then towards the end of the episode, <laughs> and the baby, it wasn't an actual baby. It was fake tits and boobs. And, they, and then the, yeah. the car was like, boy, you just can't get off that breast and can you? <laughs> I was yeah. like, cracking up. I was that was, a, so yeah, much. a very inappropriate comment to a gay couple. And then to top it off, he hands them the fake breasts and, and belly that uh, Maggie was using in court, which clearly wasn't a child. I'm like, this man, you would think, had a child, so you'd think he would know what holding a baby would feel like, but apparently not. Like Nick said, Michael is a bluth. Yeah. Through and through. That interaction with the cops where he finds out that they're the parents of, you know, this baby, that underlying racial joke of, because it's an interracial couple that underlying <laughs> joke of we didn't want to figure out who's the father and you have a white man and a black man and he's just like yeah no totally yeah. <laughs> they said they said they, they never wanted to find out it was like at first you think like oh because because they gave maggie a mixed cocktail two parts taylor and two parts carter and you think okay they didn't want to like 
pick, so they would have an equal chance of being that. But the fact that they came back and said, we never want to find out who the real dad is, it's like, yeah. um, okay. <laughs> yeah, you won't find out. It's okay. <laughs> and so why were the cops in uniform, like, chilling at home, relaxing? <laughs> the whole time. Just so you know, they're cops. Like, boot, like dude's got his apron, his cooking apron over the cop uniform. <laughs> they're always like on duty. Like, badge and all. Like... <laughs> I will say it did take me by surprise that Maggie was lying. I I was like, oh shit, she wasn't pregnant. That was you the that was the part. <laughs> yeah, I I know. I, I the first episode, I was like, oh, she's lying. And then when they were like, oh, he's she's pregnant, I was like, oh, she actually is pregnant. And then when they find out it's a silicone stomach, I was like, what the fuck? She was actually lying. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's You're a not surprise. experiencing it with Michael. <laughs> I the was. Just keep coming. <laughs> and there was a nice little callback when he found the, the cop's house because they got the phone number that they left and trying to figure out where they lived. He called uh, Jean Parmesan to uh, trace the number to get the address. <laughs> Jean Parmesan. Again, not specifically having Gene Parmesan back physically, but to have the name drop was, again, rewarding. Definitely. From past episodes. Absolutely. When Job is on the boat trying to catch a seal with the cats, and maybe he's on the other boat filming the movie, how do they see each other from that far away? Like They're like, Uncle Job? Maybe? How do they recognize each other from that far away? They're They're pretty far away from each other i could see maybe uh recognizing maybe but joe was definitely in full shadow so that i did also was wondering that <laughs> joe just has uh, an air about him yeah, absolutely and the movie was a callback in and of itself of a win maybe basically went to try to have someone like do her homework to end up being like a producer in the movie so now she was like pretending to be adult person remaking the old man at this in the sea or whatever and again she she's pretending like Am I the only one who wants to go home to see my kids or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> but her favorite or my favorite line of hers is for sure. Like we get this brief moment of seemingly like sincere sentimentality. And then she's like, no, I'm just lying for no reason. Speaking of references to old episodes, at one point, Michael was telling George Michael, we're like a team. We're like Red McGibbon and Bullet, which was a reference to Uncle Jack. What? I was going to bring that up. I don't know. You know who the hell Red McGibbon and Bullet are. <laughs> that was Uncle Jack, the Martin Short character. Yeah, his old, like, radio serial. Martin Short was Bullet. Uh, okay. I forgot about that. Oh, did anybody notice the banner that was at the house, which says, Welcome Home, Buster, but it's, like, taped over, You're Killing Me, Buster, from before? Yeah, yeah. I saw that. When he was going wild with his hook hand, ripping yeah. the <laughs> ripping the, the blinds and everything. I'm a monster! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I have that one written down, too. Classic, for sure. That's a... Memorable line from the show. <laughs> Absolutely. What about the cops saying they didn't want to know who was the father of the baby? Oh, you missed. Now so you're funny. pulling a John. Yeah, and you're pulling good. a Geo also. You're pulling a Geo also. I was hoping I was. 
How about uh, Barry? I smacked her good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> spanked her. Spanked her. Spanked her. Yeah, I spanked he got, he her. Got a, he got a smack at it. He literally spanked her in the courtroom, and then he spanks <laughs> Michael in the courtroom, the courthouse hallway. Oh, I love it. again Michael like thinking that he's a good guy. He's like, I'm not going anywhere, baby. And then like, what is wrong with me? Like realizing he's like, <laughs> devoted to this like, good guy persona, but like that's not like uh, right. So funny. <laughs> Or in the beginning where uh, Michael's talking to George Michael about how he's like, I wouldn't date anyone without making sure that like you were comfortable. And he's like, yeah, and you don't have to do that. <laughs> Is it good? Because I didn't this time. Too. He's like, I gotta go. Just go pregnant. <laughs> Another funny part was when they were still thinking that Michael was the dad of Maggie's baby and Tobias and Lindsay were really invested in it and they're like, Oh, we want this baby and he's like, What about your kid or whatever? And they're like, We don't have a child and then then they remember, Oh wait, there's maybe <laughs> She's hardly a child. <laughs> or maybe. And then of course the final tag of Maggie actually ending up pregnant. <laughs> yeah, and the and the ending credits. <laughs> yeah. That's a cliffhanger, so we wonder what that's going to lead to. But cause, again, Michael and Maggie are like just drawn together. Even when they like realize just how crappy of a relationship they have and it's just a relationship built on lies, they, they just keep coming back. They can't even walk away for like two seconds without coming back and making out and having sex in random rooms. <laughs> Taboo. And then I don't know if we, I don't think we mentioned it, but. Job getting stabbed in the butt with the hook <laughs> when he reveals that he was responsible for the bloodthirsty seal that ate his hands. And then the doctor comes back and makes it seem like Job's going to be fine. But it was just the, the fact that they removed the hook hand from Buster and Buster was going to be fine. <laughs> you still have a hook in your ass. That doctor is hilarious. <laughs> he always says the funniest things. And actually, speaking of Job releasing the seal into the ocean, I don't know if it's considered foreshadowing at this point because it's after, but he says to the seal, you're not going to be hand-fed anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling that's going to still be a running joke and random indirect jokes going forward. Oh, absolutely. So I think now is the time where we can jump to our frozen bananas. This is where we rate the episode 1 to 10. Let's start with Peter this time. Peter, what are you giving this episode? I really enjoyed this episode, and I, in fact, I enjoyed it a little bit more than last week, so I am upping my score to 9.5. Wow, very good, very good. All right, let's jump over to our special guest, Nick. Nick, what are you giving this one? Uh, it's a 9.5 for me. It edges up the last uh, episode just a touch, and uh, yeah, I mean, I was I laughed my whole, my whole uh, viewing experience this time, so... Uh, yeah, this is top tier episode for me. All right, excellent. And Charlie, what say you? Oh, I, I got to say Charles W. Chuck Noel, what say you? Maybe now you'll respond. Up, oh, up. Oh, I realized <laughs> I was muted. <laughs> I figured. I was saying that I'm going to have to agree. This also got a 9.5 out of me. So top tier episode. Quality. And Giovanni, how about you? This was a very funny episode. I almost passed off from laughter, so I got to give it a 9.4. All right, very good. And actually, I'll be joining you, Gio. I will also give it a 9.4. Very fun episode. This one and the last one, like, they, re they really go well together. So definitely a good pairing there if you're going to watch If only we watched them back to back instead of a week apart. Damn. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
Well, the hand of God, we were still here after the seven days, too. That was fun, and well, let's see if this upward trend continues next week when we discuss Motherboy XXX. So what does everybody think happens in Motherboy XXX? I think it has something to do with Buster and Lucille and their weird relationship. They're banging, for sure. <laughs> She's got a thing for hooks. Yeah. Oh, boy. I hope the anymore. XXX isn't a reference to pornography. I'll just say that. <laughs> Geo? I agree with Charlie. All right. Well, we shall find out. And, oh, one other thing I wanted to say for this episode, just a little throwaway thing that came up a couple times, was uh, Michael talking about geek Simpsons writers, kids. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that part. And it kept coming up. And, like, w- one of the, uh, like, consultants on the show was also, like, a Simpsons writer. So I think that's just the uh, <laughs> little meta joke there. But also, like, a lot of the writers for The Simpsons were, like, from Harvard and blah, blah, blah. So that's fun. That's fun. Yeah, so he thought when... Because Maggie said that she only knew that she went to a sper- sperm bank and the only thing she knew was that he went to Harvard. So, like... Michael assumed that it was a Simpsons writer. Yeah, that's yeah. funny. So this has been fun. Charlie, Geo, Peter, always a pleasure. And Nick, thank you for coming back. We hope to see you again, uh, either this season or next. Uh, whenever you want to come back, let us know. Sounds good. All right, friends. Until next time, on yon. Bye. Peace. Peace Bye. out. Peace out. And, uh, I liked how Ron Howard as narrator kind of... Peter, you sound robotic. Into... You sound robotic, Peter. Do I sound bad for everybody? Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, well, let me try to rejoin. Do your fix. I wanted to hear what Robot Peter had to say. <laughs> Robot Peter.